one. And welcome, everyone, to an all-new episode of the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your host, Joel, and joining me once again is Matt. How's your face, Joel? Oh, it fucking sucks something horrible. <laughs> uh, if people listened last week, you'll know uh, I talked about, you know, my ups and downs of the dentist and getting a tooth taken out and everything. And that was fine. And I thought that would be the end of it. So obviously, yep. because I still have stitches in and I still have artificial bone and everything, I chewed on the left side of my mouth, yep. where I also have a cracked tooth. <laughs> my face blew up so big this week, it was fucking horrible. In fact, I think uh, I think you can see if you watch the newest episode of Cape Kitchen, you can see my face is a little bulbous in that. <laughs> it was fucking awful. I had to go to the... It was even worse. Because I had to go get some antibiotics, and I sure as hell wasn't going to make another appointment with my dentist so I could pay 75 bucks for more x-rays. <laughs> wasn't going to yeah. do that. I went to the free clinic, and fuck the free clinic. Yeah, what was wrong with it? Uh, well, free clinic in a small northern town, which is a lot like, you know, a free clinic, I imagine, in a small southern town. Where it's just like, you know, all these, you know, dead-eyed people wearing pajamas in the middle of the day with their human broods all around them. Because, oh no, little Junior Cletus got a sniffle, and I'm like, god damn, I feel sicker sitting here in this waiting room than I do anywhere else. There's probably more chemicals and more disease in this room than there is anywhere. It's true, it's true. And I had to go there twice, because I I came home with the antibiotics, and I looked at it. The lady only gave me 150s, where my dentist had given me 500 milligrams. So she gave oh, okay. me basically a pediatric dose for a dude who's like, you know, six something over 200 pounds. <laughs> and it's been so goddamn painful because I couldn't chew on the right because of the stitches and I couldn't chew on the left because of swelling. It's been a shitty week for Joel. That sucks. We're still because dinner all throughout the week where it's just like, oh, hey, what are we having for dinner tonight? Oh, you know, fried pork loin, one of your favorites. Okay, well, what are we having tonight then? Oh, you know, Italian wedding soup, one of your favorites. You can't enjoy it, though. <laughs> the people are just sitting there eating your food in basically, front of you. Basically, <laughs> you know, t t tonight it went down a little bit and we had Domino's, which was okay, but even still at the same time. So it looks like I'm going to have to go back and get another tooth taken out now after the swelling goes down. To do like what Homer did when he had his jaw wired shut and just like snort pork up his nose. <laughs> I am dangerously close to doing that because I'm like, well, hell, if I get the tooth taken out at the other side, then I'm really going to have nowhere to chew. I'm going to have to go on an all freaking liquid diet from now on. <laughs> <laughs> just drinking carnation instant milkshakes or like you said, just just blending my sandwiches now. Mmm, blend sandwich. <laughs> just going to be applesauce and craft dinner from now on. <laughs> You can just get Lay's liquid potato chips. Mmm, liquid potato chips. Open me another can of potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But enough about me. How was your week, Matt? Uh, pretty busy. I really saw busy. the pictures, yeah. Yeah, I've been, uh, for the last, like, day and a half, like, building sets and getting colors and everything right on backlights. And mm -hmm, so it's, mm -hmm. oh, my God, the amount of times I had to change lighting. Oh. Yeah, no one, uh, no one ever respects good lighting, but it's the first thing you notice in a movie or production when it's not there. Yep, yep. Lighting, lighting people do a lot of hard work, and what do they get for their trouble? Christian Bale yelling at them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Christian Bale wasn't there to yell at me. So. Christian Bale just broke into your set. You're being fucking distracting. Hey, what the fuck is this lighting? <laughs> I don't like it. It's not natural to create light where there was none. <laughs> <laughs> it's against my religion whatever that is <laughs> man remember uh I, I remember like a little bit before uh christian bale and i'm sure i've talked about this before before he had his little freak out on that lighting guy it was in the news that he may have like uh that cops responded to a domestic disturbance saying that he may have hid his wife and his sister and everyone's like no that's impossible batman could never do that then you hear him lose his mind on a complete stranger and you're like yeah yeah maybe he did hit his wife and his sister <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I believe it now. You probably yelled, I'm Batman, before he did it. <laughs> you would have talked to Batman like that? <laughs> I was in The Machinist. I lost a bunch of weight. I'm an actor's actor. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, hey, uh, comic book show with comic book news. And uh, starting things off this week in the realm of shit that only Joel will probably care about, but... Uh, <laughs> 
I know we've been following this story for a bit, and I figure if I didn't bring it up, I'd be in derelict of duty. But uh, Scalp finally got the full pilot order from WGN. Sounds pretty cool. It does. For those of you who don't know, Scalped is basically uh, Sopranos on an Indian Reserve, written by Jason Aaron, who you'll remember from some of your favorite uh, superhero stories. But uh, this was one of his more popular crime tales. Yeah, I, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. I've re- I haven't read the whole 60-issue run, but I've read like some of them. Uh, but I thought they were really cool, and it's pretty interesting to have this as a TV adaptation. Yeah, very much so. I don't know how I feel about the network. WGN, for those of you who don't know, that's like Chicago, Illinois, like just just a Chicago network. You know, it's a CW-affiliated television station. It's not it's not like HBO. It's not like Showtime or anything like that. It's just just a network. Uh, this seem this has to be something that needs to be something similar to like HBO or Showtime because of the themes in it. You would hope so. I mean, characters swear all the time. There's violence. Yeah. There's drug use. There's all sorts of horrible shit. Yeah. So hopefully they can do something really cool with it. And mm. yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested to see who they're gonna cast because this is a show where it's like 90 percent of the cast is all Native American. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. And again, just just like that um that recent movie that came out, um, Gods of Egypt or whatever. Yeah, that yeah. The minute you cast like a white guy in the movie, people just like lose their shit. Yeah, especially in a case like this where it's like no 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 no, there's no wiggle room here. Like ninety percent of the characters are all Native Americans. It's a story that takes place on an Indian reserve. How are you going to swing this? Okay, well Dashiell Badhorse, the main character, he's actually Matt Damon you see <laughs> is what it is and his name isn't dash it's uh it's dave you say dave. bad horse we meant you know um Broflosky. so yeah so dave Broflosky returns <laughs> to his home did we say indian reserve because what we really meant is um hippie commune <laughs> uh, what i really hope is they do the same sort of route they did with the indians in um uh banshee the tv show banshee they in the later seasons they brought in uh, something similar to like the whole deal with Scout with this Indian preserve and like a casino and everything, and they they were absolutely amazing. They got all Indian actors for that as well, cool. all Native Americans. Yeah, you, you've been saying amazing stuff about Banshee. I might have to break down and finally watch it. Oh, it's so great. I think you're the only one I know who who really talks about it, but you sing its praises so high, and I know you watch a lot of TV, so. Yeah, it's great. You know what else has been great this season? I don't know if you've been keeping up with it, but uh, Venture Brothers this season has been wicked. No, I haven't. I've been kind of waiting until the season's end, and then I'm just going to watch it all. I'll tell you this. There's six episodes deep right now. I watched the newest one before we started. This might be the best season since season three. Cool. They've they've brought so much together and answered so many hanging plot threads. Uh, they're basically, especially if you're a Marvel Comics fan, they are pretty much just doing all of Marvel's New York right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, they, uh, what did they have? They had, they had a Modoc-like character called Think Tank, who talked like Sidney Portier and who drove around as a big head in a tank. And they also did the, uh, the Legion of Doom this week, only it's the Legion of Doom by way of Andy Warhol. So instead of Lex Luthor, his name was Wes Warhammer. And he was just this weird, like, artist criminal who drove around in, like, a huge uh, flying fortress and committed weird art crimes. That's awesome. I'm like, this is fucking great. I cannot believe they gave you the freedom to do this stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to devote a whole episode to this weird Andy Warhol thing. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, yeah, sure, go ahead, do it, whatever. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. So, uh, so that's that. Uh, moving on from there, uh, I, a story I know you were super hyped about, and a story that I think makes you and I feel really good because it makes us feel like maybe people are listening to the comic multiverse, and maybe we have more power and more pull than we first thought. Because guess what? Han Solo is getting a comic miniseries now. I know. I was just. I was, it was funny when I saw this when it first broke news. I was actually thinking about it because I was reading some Star Wars comics or something, and oh god damn it. Han Solo needs a new miniseries, and then there's like, oh, here's a new miniseries from Han Solo. Yeah, what are what are the odds of that, man? I swear, we got power and we got pull. Yeah, and and the the story sounds really cool. He's going to be doing like space drag races. Love it, love it. While working for the 
rebellion, I guess, doing nice. something. So yeah, it sounds really cool. How how funny is it that you know first they renumber Action and Detective Comics and now this we're two for two people. What are they gonna do next week? <laughs> the comic multiverse, man. I'm not saying that we are golden gods. I am not saying we can see the future. I'm not saying you should bow down and worship us or open churches. There's plenty of churches already. You can just convert existing churches if you really must. <laughs> if you really must worship us and our comic predicting knowledge. But that's that's pretty freaking cool. I know you're excited for that, and I'm excited for that one, too. All, all the Star Wars comics have been hitting. Yeah, yeah, we've got this one. And then I think not long before this one actually comes out, there's the Poe Dameron comic oh, as yes, well. Yes, yes, I looked a little at the cover stuff for that. Yeah, that one looks like a real fun read. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, also, too, the the lady writing that, it's a lady going to be writing the Han Solo one. Uh, Marjorie Liu, I don't know how to quite pronounce that. It's it's a foreign name for as far as I can tell. She's a New York Times uh, best-selling author, so they're definitely not just getting anybody to write these Star Wars books. They're going after, you know, big-name talent. Yeah, all the Star Wars books so far have had, like, big writers, James Robinson, Charles Soule, Jason mm -hmm. Aaron. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. uh, who else? Uh, Mark Wade. You yeah. know, all these big writers. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess they all grew up on Star Wars, so they all want to, you know, write the comics when given the opportunity. Yeah, that's great. Uh, more comic book news coming down the pipeline. We got to see some early covers and some early rumblings for Civil War Two. Yes, this event will indeed have tie-ins. Are you shocked? No, no, I'm not shocked. No, one of, one of the more interesting tie-ins they talked about, which looks to be written by... Uh, I can't remember if it was Cullen Bunn or Jeff Lemire, but it's going to be running through one of the X-Men books, and basically what it is is it's going to be the long-awaited X-Men versus Inhuman story. Yeah, that looks to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that does look to be a lot of fun. I mean, they've been building up to this for so long. I, was, I assumed that that would have gotten its own event, X-Men versus Inhumans, but now for it to happen in the background of Civil War too. Yeah, that's uh, they're having sort of their own civil war. Yeah, they're having an event within an event. Yeah. Gets even weirder, too, because they seem to keep alluding to a fight that the X-Men and the Inhumans had in the eight missing months wherein, you know, uh, Cyclops, modern-day Cyclops, was killed, and we still haven't seen anything off the back of that. Yeah, like, through, like, the Uncanny Inhumans book, and I know through some of the X-Men books, they've just been alluding to, like, all this stuff that happened in this eight months, like... Like, yeah, Scott dying and everything and going away and not being related to the X-Men anymore and everything. A beast going to work for the Inhumans and everything? Yep. Yeah. I mean, yep. shit, more happened in the eight-month time gap for X-Men Inhumans than it did for any other book. <laughs> yeah. It's funny to think. Uh, so, yeah, that Civil War II looks to be pretty interesting. I think we might talk about it a little more when we talk about one of the books we read this week because it was labeled as The Road to Civil War II. Yeah. That was Iron Man this week, in case you were wondering, everybody. <laughs> I know I said I would wait, but I lied. I jumped the gun. Uh, moving on from there, we have some movie-related news. Hey, Matt, how about that Venom? Yeah, how about that Venom? How about that Venom? How funny is it that when Deadpool does huge at the box office as an R-rated comic book character, suddenly everyone wants their own R-rated comic book character? Oh, looks like James Gunn was right. Mm -hmm. and, and he was right sooner than we thought, too. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was kind of a given that, like, as soon as they, they, they'll leave it, like, a month after to see how Deadpool does for, like, a whole month, and then they'll, like, be, oh, well, here's an R-rated, you know, Superman movie, here's an R-rated Venom movie, mm -hmm. you know, all that sort of stuff. Now, obviously, they, uh, Sony, who was doing this, had toyed around with a Venom movie before as part of their Amazing Spider-Man series that they wanted to do, like, a spin-off sequel to that. That never materialized. Now they're talking about writing an all-new, all-different one that's not going to be connected to the new Marvel Disney Spider-Man. How like, how can you do Venom without Spider-Man? Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> Apparently they think they can. Yeah, you, you, you know Venom, the guy whose costume is literally a dark reflection of Spider-Man? Eh, don't need him. Oh, God. Don't need him. Well, if they just go like the yellow route and it's like, not Venom that we know, but it's just, like, this alien symbiote. Just, like, they go, like, you know, Ridley Scott's alien way and just have this symbiote terrorizing people on a ship. I, I think that would be a real bummer, but I can totally see them doing it. <laughs> I think it would be bullshit, but I could see them doing it. And, I mean, hey, you know, hey, here, here's Venom, a character that I'm sure you would love to see in the MCU. Nope. 
Nope. Nope. Just Sony. Just just Sony. We we want that Venom money. Yeah, and, and it's going to be interesting. Like, what Venom are they going to do? Because I I could see them like uh, Daredevil season two comes out next week. I could see them seeing like, oh, that Punisher looks pretty cool. Let's do the Flash Thompson Agent Venom. Uh, Version, Venom. Yeah. Well, I mean, heck, just they, have him shoot people and you know whatnot. If they do anything, I mean, I mean, just forego Eddie Brock. I mean, if he's not going to be connected to Spider-Man anyway, just forego Eddie Brock completely and just do Flash Thompson. Yeah. I mean, heck, he's the guy who's in the comics currently for crying out loud. So I mean, what? Why even fight it? Yeah. Just do it. I mean, heck, you you could tell a fairly interesting Venom movie if you really want to. It wouldn't be the best Venom movie because again, he wouldn't be connected. Uh, to Spider-Man, which he kind of needs to be, but I mean, if you're gonna do a bad idea, you might as well do it right. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't. I don't know, like what Sony are thinking. I don't think they are thinking. And you know what? <laughs> our, our next news story. Thanks for the segue, Matt. Proves exactly how much Sony isn't thinking. Now, Matt, you'll of course remember the great Sony email hacks last year. Yes. They were amazing. The amount of lulls that came from it are legendary and will echo through the halls of lulls for all time. I mean, it's, I'm glad to know that like, I have better email etiquette than like the than that CEO of Sony. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> One of the stranger things to come out of the Sony email controversy is, of course, uh, a bunch of projects that they were supposedly working on. And one of the stranger projects they were working on was a crossover vehicle for 21 Jump Street, those, you know, uh, Jonah Hill, uh, Channing Tatum movies, and the Men in Black, the former Will Smith movies. Well, guess what, Matt? It's happening. It's fucking happening. This crossover that you thought would be dead, if only because everyone in the internet shamed, pointed, and laughed at Sony when that came up. Well, wouldn't you know it, apparently it's back on. And not only is it back on, but they're very serious about making it a real thing. Uh, okay, so like, Will Smith's character is going to be like the new Ice Cube. Oh god. And he's going to send him into like a university where aliens are selling like weed you know and <laughs> that that story you're pitching actually makes more sense than anything i think they could actually come up with because <laughs> you see i was thinking about the other way completely i was thinking like okay is channing tatum and jonah hill do they have to go join the men in black for some reason they're aliens themselves oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's like how do you even joke about something that is just so unbelievably stupid I know, it doesn't make any sense. I, I like to imagine the powers that be over at Sonya. They're like, hmm, you know, Avengers, that made a lot of money, and that was a team-up vehicle. Hey, you know, uh, Batman v Superman, that's going to make a lot of money, and that was a crossover. What can we cross over? Yeah, well, well what do we own? No, not considering for a second that those things only work because they were properties that have crossed over in the past and exist in the same universe. <laughs> you you just can't cross over things you like or just things you own. <laughs> okay, uh, Princess Bride uh, meets Heavy Metal is what we're going to do. We're going to cross those over now. Ah, uh, that'll make sense. I'm trying to think. Like, like uh, when you break it down, like Twenty One Jump Street, Men in Black, the styles of comedy aren't even like you know complementary. Is the thing? Yeah, like, yeah. Like Twenty One Jump Street is a whole thing that worked on the premise that. It knew remaking 21 Jump Street was a dumb idea. Yeah, it was self-aware. Whereas... It was incredibly self-aware. Men in Black, yeah. not self-aware. Funny movie, if anything, it picks up the whole sci-fi comedy torch that was, you know, left behind by Ghostbusters back in the day. But here's the thing. Only one of those Men in Black movies is actually any good. Yeah, yeah. If, if anything, if you've seen uh, 21 Jump Street 2 or 22 Jump Street... There, that was a movie making fun of bad sequels because they're just the same but different. That's exactly what Men in Black did two times. Yeah, it, I don't know. Like, the Men in Black series became the sort of thing that 21 Jump Street made fun of, and the idea that's like, oh, let's cross them over. What the fuck are you guys smoking? <laughs> I just, uh, I just, I just don't know. It's even funnier because Will Smith ain't coming back for this, and Tommy Lee Jones, oh, Tommy Lee Jones certainly ain't fucking coming back for this. He barely came back for the second one, and wasn't even in the third one. They had Josh Brolin recast him. 
Yeah, well, he was in the third one, but he was in it for like a minute. He was in it like, you've got me for the afternoon. Shoot everything you need because I ain't coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know like what – yeah, they, they'd have to be joining the the Men in Black or something. Uh, I don't know. For some reason. Just like even – like I feel dumber even trying to consider how this movie <laughs> would work. And, and it's gonna every rad sitting there. I'm just gonna be in a universe with Venom. Yeah, and oh Venom's God. gonna be in it. And the, well, okay, here's how you cross it. Venom is the alien symbiote that the Men in Black need to stop. And because Flash Thompson is still in high school at the time, they run into the Twenty One Jump Street guys. <laughs> there, uh, there, there you go, Sony. I wrote your fucking movie for you. Yeah, we expect checks now. Yeah, I expect checks and a thank you. <laughs> Maybe we can somehow pitch it that this movie's going to, like, piss off North Korea again so they don't release it. At this point, I think that's the only way. (laughs) Or no, 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 no. This movie will piss off actual aliens. They start getting death threats from (laughs) actual aliens. (laughs) Weezar blocks from the Glip-Glop galaxy find this to be highly offensive. (laughs) If this movie does not cease, we will disintegrate you with our heat rays. Uh, Independence Day Resurgence is, like, what would happen if this movie would be released. Oh, God, I forgot Independence Day 2 is a thing. (laughs) Yep. I kind of tried to block it from my mind. I'm like, nope, nope, (laughs) not a thing. In what sane and just world would Independence Day 2 be a thing that happened? (laughs) But, yeah, 21 Jump Street v. Men in Black. 21 Jump Street meets the Men in Black. 21 Jump Street... I don't even know. I'm trying to think what the dumb title could be. 21 Men in Black. Yeah, there you go. That's probably <laughs> what it's going to be. T- t- too Fast, Too Black, Furious, Jump Street. <laughs> <laughs> to start bringing other franchises now. Uh, oh, God damn it. Friggin', friggin' Sony, man. Get, get your shit together. Says me, uh, some guy on the internet. <laughs> Sometimes. We're more organized than them. Hey, you know, we've been lucky so far, Matt. The Han Solo thing happened and the Action Comics Detective Comics thing happened, so maybe we'll get lucky again. Maybe. Uh, and uh, speaking of getting lucky, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. got renewed for a fourth season, the show that everyone keeps saying, oh, it's in trouble, oh, it's going to get canceled any day now, now in its fourth season. Yeah, all those people, uh, what's his name, that guy who thinks he got all the scoops, he keeps saying that, oh no, Marvel hates the TV, so they're going to cancel it any minute now, and then they get renewed, and he gets quiet for a week. Yeah, so friggin' uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. back for season four. Uh, Also, it's coming back soon, because uh, uh, to finish out its third season, Agent Carter just finished up uh, this week, or yeah, this week, last week. Last week, Agents of Shield starts tomorrow. Oh shit! Oh shit! It's back already. Not not even skipping a beat. Just back into it. Yep. That's cool. Obviously, we got Ward as Hive to look forward to. We got all the other Fallout. We got the Bobby and uh, Mac show that's going to be happening, or the Bobby and Hunter show. Yep. Most wanted. Uh, I wonder. What do you I, think? Like... I'm probably like the only one looking forward to that show. Everyone's like, "Oh, this is going to be shit," and I'm looking forward to it. Is I that... like those characters. I, I like them too. But it's like they're my favorite thing most of the time on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So it's like if they leave, I'll have one less thing to really like. Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see like how Civil War, the movie, affects the show as well. Because they, they've said there is going to be Civil War tie-ins. Oh, as, as there would have to be. Yeah, so it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. What, what do you think they would do for Season 4 now that they've gone full bore superpowers and full bore in humans? Uh, well, well, I could see that since, like, I guess S.H.I.E.L.D.'s not really a thing anymore, and maybe because he's seen, like, what, what's happening. Well, we don't really know what's happening with Civil War at the moment, but um, I could see, like, Coulson sort of dropping the whole S.H.I.E.L.D. thing and just becoming, like, an Inhuman-based organization. Becoming maybe? the New Warriors or the Secret Warriors. Yeah. Well, they yeah, they've already sort of set up the Secret Warriors, but yeah, just, like... Getting rid of, like, the whole S.H.I.E.L.D. side of things. Hmm, interesting. I uh, I know I keep pitching and I'll pitch it again. I would like to see them do uh, Count Nefario or something. Because they already did Madame Mask. Yeah, I could see them do that. Yeah, let, uh, let, let them have some super-powered villains. <laughs> it's, it's funny to think they've gone so long 
and haven't fallen into like the freak of the week, you know, monster of the week type setup. Yeah, yeah, I know. Which I mean, I guess in the long run is a pretty good thing because every show does that. Yeah, and it, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And you know, the the thing that I've always liked about Agents of Shield is that it really is a different show every season. It is, yeah. Like first season was really like the monster of the week sort of thing. Second season was the whole Hydra thing. Now we've got the Inhumans. So yeah, I don't know what it could be for the fourth season. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, okay. What else do we got going here? Oh, uh, more movie stuff. Two actors have been uh, announced for Guardians of the Galaxy Two, and they're not the actors you might think. I know this kind of surprised me. Uh huh. First off, we have uh, Tommy Flanagan, who you remember as Chibs from Sons of Anarchy, and a bunch of other roles as well. He's the Scottish actor with the Glasgow smile. Yep. <laughs> and also, uh, friggin', uh, what is it, Ricky himself is gonna be there. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone's gonna go punch some people in outer space. <laughs> Old Sly Stallone, he may not have won the Oscar, but he gets to be in Guardians. Yeah, and I remember, like, reading about this, and, like, people were saying, like, in their articles, they're calling him Oscar Loser. I'm like, <laughs> come come on, man, that that's putting salt in the wound. That's putting salt, and also, he won an Oscar before. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was always Oscar winner Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah, that, that's insane to think. Like, Oscar winner Sylvester Stallone, it's just you know, the guy who made Judge Dredd and Rambo. Well, when you write and direct Rocky, one of the most iconic, you know, American films, that'll do it. Yeah, true. People forget that he wrote and uh, directed that. Yeah, and people forget that he tried to get his name on the book Cobra. <laughs> That's right, he did too. That was amazing. <laughs> Cobra, which is even more right-wing Dirty Harry. Yep. <laughs> it's like, how could it be more right-wing? We'll show you. This is how. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see how, how where these guys play. I mean, obviously, Tommy Flanagan, because he's an older actor, he's definitely, you know, a favorite, in my mind at least, for being Star-Lord's dad. Yeah, you, you really think? I thought, like, maybe Kurt Russell might be. Okay, Kurt Russell, that one sounds better. But, you know, you know there's a lot of older guys. Maybe they're going to have a who's the daddy situation, like a Maury-type thing. Maybe. I, I, I always pictured him as, like, the leader of, like, another unit of um, Yondo's group. Yeah, I could see that. Ravages. Yeah, he definitely looks like a pirate and a bad guy and usually gets typecast as that sort of character. Yeah, and Sylvester Stallone, I don't know who he could be. He just, he's just playing Rocky. <laughs> Stallone could either be a fun cameo or, and follow me on this one if they're doing all Cosmic Marvel, Stallone should be champion of the universe. That'd be pretty great. Champion of the universe, for those of you who don't know, he's a, one of those, you know, primordials of the universe right next to uh, the Collector and the Gardener and everyone else. Basically, he travels around and challenges people to intergalactic wrestling matches. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Hey, I'm the champion of the universe. I challenge you, Drax, to destroy it. Let's fight it out, eh? Yeah, champion, they can't breathe in safety. Yeah, we did a good day. It's that they just fight it out like that. <laughs> you, you just uh, you just gotta paint Stallone up a little bit and he'll be ready to go yeah and, and, and give him the same shorts he wore in Rocky like those American flag shorts <laughs> yeah. hey I fight for space America and then, then we gotta get Carl Weathers back oh yes please uh, <laughs> if, if I can change and you can change everyone can change <laughs> and, then, and then Rocky brought you know capitalism to the universe <laughs> As only he could, and all the space communists cried because of his impassioned speech and because he punches real good. Yeah, he's going to fight space Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Man, I'm surprised they haven't gotten Dolph Lundgren in one of these Marvel you movies. You don't even need to do him up. He already looks like an alien. Yeah, he's basically an alien. And he's super smart, too. He's basically a comic book character. Yep. <laughs> oh, God, I'd watch that. I'd totally watch that Dolph Lundgren versus the Guardians of the Galaxy. If they die, they die. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren like hey I was the Punisher one time do you remember yeah in that terrible movie no one talks about <laughs> you mean the one where he didn't even wear the skull shirt yeah that was the one man you could have like three generations of the Punisher in the Marvel movies if you want to you get Dolph Lundgren you get uh, Ray Stevenson who's already playing freaking uh, Volstagg in the Thor movies and then you just get John Bernthal and you put them together and there you go. You got three generations of the Punisher in one movie. 
Uh, and they all play the Punisher. And they all play the Punisher. The Punisher Corps. <laughs> Team Punisher. Oh, shit. Matt got discovered. <laughs> shit, they're going to be shooting at him any second. Now, Matt, Matt, Matt. Uh, don't worry. I've got the reflex on, so I can I can get them before they shoot me. There you go. I'm, I'm glad you answered that when you did, because Joel just uh, used up all of his Metal Gear knowledge in one joke right there. <laughs> uh, nanomachines. Patriots, secret black <laughs> projects, um, uh, raid. Weird, weird shit. Yeah, uh, go ninja, go ninja, go. <laughs> Did you like it? <laughs> there, that's that's all my Kojima, and that's all my Metal Gear knowledge in one joke. <laughs> I keep saying one of these days I'm gonna I, I'm gonna experience the Metal Gear franchise firsthand, but then I never do. No, oh, you gotta. You gotta. It's part of our shared gamer heritage, the weirdness. It is. <laughs> uh, Skizzer 61. <laughs> yeah, I went there. Uh, so, yeah, that'll just about... Oh, no, wait, no, I'm wrong. There was one new piece of news that came uh, that came around just as we were about to record. I thought this was a joke, but it turned out to be true. So, at the end of the month, we'll be having Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, starring Wonder Woman, featuring Aquaman and everyone else. <laughs> yep. But uh, more than that, they just announced today, you know, the movie comes out at the end of the month, but we're still getting new announcements. Apparently, uh, J.K. Simmons has now been cast as Jim Gordon. Has he been cast as Jim Gordon in, is he going to be in Batman vs. Superman, or is he going to be in one of the later ones, like Justice League or something? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean, well, he, he'll either be in this or like the R-rated version or something. Right. I mean, yeah. it would it would make more sense that he would be in one of the later ones. I mean, obviously, unless they're going to super superimpose him in scenes of Batman v Superman with only a couple weeks left to go, <laughs> <laughs> which I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, yeah, I could. Yeah, that's true. He, that's I mean, true. I mean, this is pretty good casting. I would definitely put it right up there. With uh, Jeremy Irons as Alfred, where I'm like, yep, yep, that's I, I see it, I see it. I I don't know because whenever I look at him, I always just see J Jonah Jameson. Yeah, that's gonna be the big problem for him to overcome, most definitely. Yeah, he's gonna have to like do something. I I always thought that someone like Brian Cranston should play live action, uh, Gordon, because yeah, he, he just looks like it. He does, and he did good in an animated movie. I, I mean, I, I guess this is maybe why he was being so coy when people asked him there. It's like, hey, are you ever gonna be, you ever gonna be J. Jonah Jameson again? <laughs> yeah. I guess this was why he was being so coy. He's like, oh, you know, I may have signed a contract somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. Here's, here's hoping they actually get to use him because you know one of the things I will always sing the praises of for the Nolan trilogy is that they actually did let Jim Gordon do a lot. I know. Before that, he just sort of stood around and was fat. Yeah, before, before that, he was still the funny Irish, uh, the funny Irish version of uh, Jim Gordon from the 60s Batman show. Oh, what are we going to do, Cape Crusader? Oh, Totora Laura. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't rightly know. Oh, but I'm so jolly. That was that was basically everything Jim Gordon did then. It's, I'm sure that blew people's minds when they watched... Uh, Dark Knight and Beyond, you'd be like, oh, Jim Gordon's actually a character with pathos and actually is good at his job. Yeah. He just doesn't call the red phone for Batman to come and help him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Batman, I've fallen down in me Torben. I can't get up. Can you come and help me? <laughs> oh, thank you, Batman. Yeah. I, I hope you all liked my offensive Irish guy uh, accent. I've been working on that one. Uh, at least it wasn't like a drunk Irish accent. No, it was a different. It, it was more of a "Come get your lucky charms" version. <laughs> it wasn't a Boston Irish. No. Oh, my strawberry sniggles, so good. <laughs> <laughs> did you get the strawberry sniggles reference? I did. Yes. That, that's actually perfect too. That was a Rick and Morty reference for those of you who don't know. I'm sure you heard the news as well that they've actually upped production on season three for Rick and Morty. Yeah, they're kind of rushing them out now. Which which doesn't shock me, but also does kind of worry me, because, I mean, Rick and Morty in just two seasons kind of took over the world, and it's everywhere now, and everybody's freaking into it. Hell, my dad got into Rick and Morty. 
Yeah, every, everywhere you look, someone's quoting Rick and Morty or mm-hmm. yeah, has a Rick and Morty backpack or something. It's or... become a huge smash hit, so I'm not surprised at all that Cartoon Network, you know, went to Roy Lind and Harmon like, okay, speed this shit up. I know you joked at the end of your season finale that it might be two to three years before we see any more, but guess what? Not only do we want you to come out with this sooner, but we want it to be a 14-episode season instead of a 10-episode season. Yeah, and yeah, as you said, I hope it doesn't sort of falter yeah i hope the quality it. doesn't suffer yeah because usually it's either quality over quantity yeah that's that's usually the way it goes but i mean hell i'm I, i'm excited to see it come back and i'm excited to see them you know uh answer all the questions left behind by the cliffhanger of the second season yeah i've still got like half of the second season to go oh really you haven't seen um, it yet I haven't I haven't finished it all and I've been too busy so Okay, yeah. n- n- no one spoil the finale for Matt in the comments section. Ah, someone's going to spoil oh, it. Oh god, me, yeah. you know it will. I've Okay, Matt, don't look at the comment section on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the I, I won't spoil it for you and I'll say the season finale, the the cliffhanger they leave it on and they do leave it on a cliffhanger is pretty amazing. Awesome. Okay, so I guess from there, uh that's all the news uh said and done. We can get to what we read this week. Cool. Uh, would you like to go first, Matt? All right. Um, well, I read a book that I'm pretty sure you read, and that was Mark Wade's new Black Widow book. Yeah, yeah, I did. You know, well, obviously, if people are on this channel, they've probably seen my review proper. But what did you think of it? Because it's a very strange first issue. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was I cool, it was too. Really cool. The, the, the big conceit of this, for those who haven't read it yet, is that it's a whole first issue where Black Widow does not speak until the final page. Yeah, and she's a fugitive from S.H.I.E.L.D. now. Which seems to be, I know a lot of people were confused in my review, whether it's like, you know, why why is she fighting S.H.I.E.L.D.? I thought S.H.I.E.L.D. was the good guys. Eh, they haven't been acting good since Standoff. They've actually kind of <laughs> yeah. been doing a lot of dickish stuff. Now, they didn't expressly say that this book is a tie-in to Standoff or anything, but I feel like it could be. I think it is, because uh, the whole thing is that she stole something from S.H.I.E.L.D. We don't know what. We, we, we do, yeah, we don't know what, but it could have something to do with uh, Pleasant Hill, and maybe she gives it to the Avengers, or she's working with Bucky. Or, yeah, I, I don't really know. It, it would be interesting. It's, you know, it's Mark Wade, so it is brighter, and it's colorful, and it's Chris Sammy, the same guy who did the last run of daredevil artwork so you know it's very very dynamic and everything but it's also way more brutal than daredevil was like natasha kills a guy with a rock at the very end and it's very bloody and very like whoa yeah it was it was pretty great and as you said there's like no real dialogue in it there's a couple of lines from maria hill and a couple from like an agent that's following her but that's pretty much it and it was all told with the art yeah, it's a ballsy move for your first issue to be like, okay, so our main character uh, isn't going to say anything. Yeah, it was no, great. And not even an internal monologue, just nothing. Yeah, and I compared the whole issue to the part of Civil War, the first Civil War, where Cap goes against S.H.I.E.L.D. and how he dives out of the helicarrier onto the mm. jet and felt very reminiscent of that. That's a, that, 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 that's a good uh, reference to make. Yeah. Yeah, d- definitely going to stick with this one. Definitely going to uh, see where this one is going. It's funny, this one came out this week. And as we record this, this week coming up, we also have Mockingbird number one. Mockingbird is getting a series. Yeah, the mo- the Most Wanted series? Uh, is, is it called Most Wanted? I thought it was just called Mockingbird. I can't remember. Maybe that's the subtitle for Maybe. it. Maybe. Well, Mockingbird's getting a comic. It'll be funny to contrast and compare, you know, these two women super agents where it's like, you know, ooh, which one's better? Yeah, who's writing the Mockingbird one? That's a damn good question. Um, I had it up there, and then I lost it. God damn it. Might be a new writer, maybe. I think it might be. Uh, Come on, Mm. load page. You're making me look bad now that I have to stand (laughs) and stall for time. (laughs) I swear I'm good at my job, I swear. Uh, I remember remember seeing the cover for it, and I can't for the life of me remember who was writing it. It's a, it's a cool cover. She's rocking her newish costume. Uh, who is it? It's, uh, oh, Chelsea Kane. Does, I don't know who that is. Does not ring a bell to me either, but with the power of Google, I can figure out exactly what she's written. 
Uh, It'll be something big as well, some big comic book. Uh, uh, her, her wiki says she's a columnist, actually. Oh, okay then. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah novelist and columnist, huh? S- sounds like she hasn't worked on many comic books. DC, uh, Marvel are doing that quite a lot recently. Like the Han Solo book's been written by a New York Times bestseller. The Black Panther uh, book is being written by, yeah. Yeah, Hyperion's getting written by a novelist. Yeah, I, like I, I mean, I guess that's kind of what you have to do at a point, because if you keep relying on comic writers, you'll keep tapping the same people over and over again. That's true, that's true, yeah. It's interesting for them to try and, you know, explore and try and get out there and try uh, n- new people. Yeah. That's, uh, that's cool. I'll be interested to see where they go. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, most definitely. Um. I guess another book we both uh, read this week, uh, Midnighter. That was another one. That was a really cool book. That was a cool book. Deadshot never been cooler than he has been in this book. I know. I mentioned in my reviews, like it was cool seeing like them all fight, but I liked the the time where Waller, the wall, came and just like basically put him in his place. Oh, she's top notch there. Uh, Steve Orlando kills writing Amanda Waller in that. That's my favorite version of the character right there. Yeah, I said in, also said in my review that I know a lot of people haven't really been too fond of the new 52 Waller since she doesn't particularly act like the one from the pre-Flashpoint universe, she's but this felt better. like pre-Flashpoint Yeah, universe. she's gotten better in the last couple of years, but yeah, that moment there in that Midnighter book was just pure old 52 Amanda Waller. Yeah, it was great. Heck, I like that Midnighter weirdly kind of respects Waller, where he's like, no, I like what you do here. It takes a lot of hard work to squeeze some good out of all this bad. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Take, takes a lot of guts to do that. Uh, obviously, you know, you get a lot of Wildstorm characters in there. Bendix is running around and everything. That's fun. Yeah, he's he's getting Kryptonian DNA for his super soldiers. and Yeah, making unified... Uh, Bertinelli is a character, Bertinelli and Spiral. It's funny to see how the Grayson book and that book play off each other. Yeah, they've sort of, like, intertwined each other. They have in a weird... Well, I guess it's because Celia and Orlando are friends. And, heck, Midnighter is going to be showing up uh, near the tail end of Batman and Robin Eternal. I did. I saw that cover for him. And the the one thing I hope that doesn't happen is that he becomes sort of, like, a Bat family member. I don't think they're going to do that. Hell, in this Midnighter book, uh, Deadshot made fun of Midnighter by saying, I'm not scared of you, I fought the bat. And you're just a cheap knockoff. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not a cheap knockoff. I'm the Midnighter. (laughs) Oh, you couldn't be more wrong. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. That's good, good stuff. It's it's so sad that book is coming to an end, but it looks like it's going to go out on a major high note. Yeah, and I said also at the end of this comic um apollo showed up at the end of this one he saved midnighter from that explosion on that ship oh is that what happened oh shit i must have been half asleep when i read it because i remember the ship blowing up but i don't remember that no that on that panel you see like this uh it's like a yellow streak shoot Uh, through the the explosion that's cool. And, I, and that's got to be Apollo because he's appearing in the next issue. <laughs> okay, that's, you were freaking me out there for a second. I'm like, I read this last night. You can't tell me I didn't remember something as huge as that. <laughs> yeah, it was like a I, – I don't think a lot of people picked it up. I'm like, was my comic missing a page? Did I just fall asleep while reading it and forget that <laughs> completely? <laughs> but, yeah, that's uh, that's good. Uh, I guess another book I'm sure we both read, and it was one that I put up, uh, put up right before we did this, uh, Invincible Iron Man number 7. I did. That's one book I still have to put up, but yeah, I thought it was a really great issue. Yeah, Mary Jane uh, joining Stark Industries now as uh, Tony's new personal assistant. But, you know, not to answer calls and do anything. Her job as a personal assistant is just to make him a better person every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, you know, just tell me when I'm being an asshole, make sure I don't drink and everything. It's what Pepper used to do. Yeah, make sure I'm not 40 minutes late to meetings. Yeah, 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 yeah. They keep stressing that 40 minutes joke. <laughs> Yeah, that was great. She kind of impresses Tony, too, by going like, oh, yeah, I I, I know your competitor, Peter Parker. I, I totally went to high school with him. <laughs> and he's shocked that she knows Peter Parker, and yet never once does he question that she might actually know who Spider-Man is. Yeah, yeah. They know him as a CEO and not a superhero. That was that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was kind of, kind of like a shock to see him show up, like, I guess, this early. I didn't think, like... 
because of the relationship Mary Jane has with him at the moment. I didn't think they'd bring him in right so in the quickly. First issue, yeah, you thought they'd beat around the bush for a little bit. Yeah. Also, we're fighting new villains now who seem to psychically be able to take apart Iron Man armors. Yeah, it takes um, Rhodey's armor and makes some sort of Hulkbuster-type armor. Yeah, that shit was nuts. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Le- and Le- I, yeah, Le- I don't Le- know whether they're like Inhumans or whatnot. Or that what would they be an are. interesting take. Leave it to the Japanese because they're in Tokyo. Leave it to the <laughs> Japanese to create mechas. Yeah, yeah. And also now, I wanted to get your opinion on this. The girl who shows up at the end of that, the MIT student who's uh, who's working on an Iron Man armor and nothing but her dorm and a box of scraps. <laughs> yeah, what's her name? Riri or something? Riri, yeah, which yeah. is interesting because when I first saw her show up there, I'm like, oh, this must be Rhodes' niece who we saw in the Iron Patriot book because she was yep. super smart and she was working with, uh, with Stark Tech. But that wasn't her name, though. No, I, I don't know who it is. And I re- originally, when I saw like it was at MIT, I thought it might have been that woman that uh, Tony was seeing, mm. that uh, that scientist woman. Then again, I thought it might have been her. Then again, this is Brian Michael Bendis we're working with right here, so n- never doubt that he just didn't remember what that girl's name was and said, <laughs> eh, I'm going to give her a new name now. Uh, it was uh, it was all a cover. Yeah, her, her that, name is Riri story. now. That, that that's what her friends call her. Her her name is Riri. I, I, I don't care what that <laughs> other writer. I don't care what Alice Cott called her. This is what I'm calling her. Uh, and it also like sort of made me think of the um the girl who was in the Armor Wars Secret Wars tie-in. Oh, you that might be her actually. Yeah, I, I can't for the life of me remember her name in that. I think um, I think that might be her. I think you might have cracked it right there, Matt. Yeah, because yeah, she was building armors and everything. She, I think you know. Now I feel dumb for not thinking that. I think you're right. I think that's what it was. It's okay. I like literally just thought of it. So there we go. We, we cracked the case, everyone. If that turns out to be true, everyone owes Matt a coke because <laughs> he was a good comic book guy and put that together. <laughs> uh, what are some other books we all probably read this week? Oh, uh, Old Man Logan. Yeah, that was a really cool issue. That was cool. Old Man Logan, as he often does, teaming up with a precocious young woman, in this case, uh, Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Yeah, and what, what I really liked about it is that it, they, they're teaming up like Logan and, and Hawkeye again, like they did in the Old Man Logan yep. original story, but it's obviously different, and she doesn't exactly see eye to eye with logan like how clint did in that book mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so she's sort of like against him chopping guys arms yeah, off doesn't and... improve of his murder quest yeah but, uh, yeah i, I love the book I yeah I'm, lo- it. I'm loving it too i like that she's the only one smart enough to call into question the fact that hey you're a crazy old man and your idea of the future doesn't match up with anything we've seen so far yeah and I like her questions like, hey, so do we ever find out who the female Thor is in the future? It's been bugging me. And he's like, female Thor? What? Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a thing that happens. Also, hey, in your story, you said Clint got blinded by Avalanche. That's impossible because Avalanche has been dead for years. <laughs> and yet he honestly has a really good comeback to that. He's like, oh, you know, villains and heroes and everyone, they're always changing costumes. It could be someone else. I, I don't pay yeah. attention. Yeah, yeah. As you said, this universe is different to his, but he still thinks it's going to happen. Like he still thinks the world's going to end and villains are going to take over and everything. So he still, no matter what anyone says, is going to try and kill these villains. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting take on it. And also, too, man, freaking a freaking old man, Captain America shows up. Yeah, hitting him with garbage bin lids. Yeah, which means whatnot. we've got d- double the old old man Logan and old man Steve going to team up. Yeah, it's going to be cool, especially if they. I'm guessing the old man Logan had prior history with Steve, like, in war and everything. Oh, you have to imagine. So now they're just, like, two grumpy old men. Yeah, so old man Logan and old man Steve are going to go get the early bird special. Yep, and then, and then gonna... go to bed at, like, 6 o'clock. And then they're going to hash out all their problems after that. <laughs> and then they're going to go to bingo. Yeah, go to bingo, man. Gonna Going to get three in a row. Man, you know, it's funny when you think of this old man, Logan, he is basically he fixes all the problems that old Wolverine had. And that is that he was too powerful and he healed too quickly. This old man, Logan, needs to, like, go to sleep for half a day or like a day and a half for to fully heal. 
Yeah, yeah, he's, his healing isn't what it used to be. Yeah, his healing isn't what it used to be, where before Wolverine was such an unstoppable god mod of a character, or he got to that point, where you're just yeah. like, well, just throw him at anything, it's fine. Yeah, it doesn't matter, he can just go, like, get disintegrated by the sun, he'll be fine. Like, with Old Man Logan, there's actual stakes going on now. Yeah. And he still has all the pathos that Wolverine had on top of that, the Mountain of Survivor's guilt. Which is funny, because he's still battling with the survivor's guilt here, but we clearly see he doesn't get over the survivor's guilt until what's happening in Extraordinary X-Men right now. Yeah, yeah, that takes place a little bit in the future, doesn't it? Uh, it takes like, place, by the looks of it, takes place long after the events of Old Man Logan. Yeah, because he's, like, totally fine in that. Yeah, he's fine, and he joined the team. Yeah, so I wonder if he actually ends up, like, killing Mysterio and yeah, all I mean, these people. Yeah, I wonder how far that book can go before it eventually has to catch up with what's happening in Extraordinary X-Men. Yeah. Huh, guess we'll have to keep reading and find out. Now, uh, but what else did you read this week? We, we, we've got a good thing going on because we all read the same shit this week. Uh, I read a Avengers Standoff uh, uh, Alpha 1. Uh, Alpha 1 Assault on Pleasant Hill. Yeah, I read that too. This is pretty cool. It is pretty, pretty cool. cool. It's it's a very this assault on Pleasant Hill event, and maybe it's just because it's Nick Spencer who's writing the main Captain America book right now. But this is a very Captain America heavy event, and I like that. Yeah, I like that too, and it sort of makes sense as well since he's now, since Steve Rogers has sort of stepped down as Captain America, he's more Shield based now. Mm -hmm. So that's and this is basically what this book is about, like Shield not telling him everything and using those cosmic cubes and everything. Makes so, me want to go and read Spencer's run for everything I've missed, because I know, like, in the lead-up for this, we saw uh, Falcon, Sam Wilson, get more and more dissatisfied with how S.H.I.E.L.D. was running itself. Yep. Yep. A and we can tell from the future there's going to be a Steve Rogers cap book where I wonder, is he going to continue to toe the line while Sam Wilson doesn't? Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Yeah, and leads to like a clash between the two of them. Well, there's like a cover out at the moment I've seen by that. Alex Ross where Sam Wilson is punching old man Steve Rogers. He's punching an old man. He's punching an old man. What a jerk. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, th this book is really cool. You know, Bucky gets to do some fun stuff. I love the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents in the beginning are pirating NFL Sunday tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that, that's good they're sneaking into like command central <laughs> and all i can think is like dude front row sports if you ever want to pirate a sporting event not that i do that <laughs> just you know <laughs> but yeah that uh, that was a lot of fun I, i'm really digging maria hill as a villain actually like as a morally complicated villain yeah she she's pretty cool and i i like that that, that part where they take steve to pleasant hill to like show him around and everything and he finds out about Kobik and, you know, how she was basically a cosmic cube fragment. And he says, like, everything they're doing is wrong. It's and then Eric Selvig, of all people, goes, no, this isn't wrong. We're helping broken people. Yeah, where it's like this girl literally has the power to pull out the good inside people. So jerks like Absorbing Man can become ice cream man. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I, you know, you still kind of got to be on Captain America's side. Where it's like, you know, this is a this is a gross violation of human rights all over the place. Yeah, yeah, he says, yeah, this is fucked up. This is this is very fucked up. Even though, as we found out, you know, this perfect prison wasn't nearly as perfect as you thought it would be because Baron Zemo and Fixer are already working on how to get out. Yeah, they they release a bunch of other villains. Nitro blows up a base. <laughs> Nitro, all he's good for, blowing up. Yep. <laughs> It's like you got to imagine being Nitro and you get called in by Baron Zemo to join the new villain team. It's like, no, do you want me on here because you really like and respect my contributions or do you just want me to blow up and blow up? <laughs> yeah, no, well, at least you're honest. <laughs> you know, it, it, at least you're not leading me on, you know? So, so many of my other relationships have been brought down by the fact that people only wanted me for my ability to blow up. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, th this is turning out to be a really cool event so far. I hope, because these first two bits we've seen have been written by Nick Spencer, I hope that this can continue, because I think what happens next is we just get a series of tie-ins and then the Omega. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just wondering, like, what the tie-ins are going to exactly be, whether it's just, like, these certain groups. Like, I think there's, like, a S.H.I.E.L.D. tie-in. S.H.I.E.L.D. gets a tie-in. Uh, Monsters of S.H.I.E.L.D. gets a tie-in. All the Avengers books get tie-ins. Yeah, so I wonder if it's just like them sort of 
finding out about Pleasant Hill. I guess. Uh, Captain America gets a tie-in, obviously, because Nick Spencer writes that and writes this. Yep, and I would imagine as well that, like, some of those teams already knew about Pleasant Hill and are sort of coming to sort of, I guess, oppose Captain America, maybe? Or, you know, in the case of the Uncanny Avengers, because Cap even says, I'm calling in the Unity Squad, and the Unity Squad is the Uncanny Avengers. Yep. So I guess they'll be backing him in any play. I wonder if we're going to be seeing mostly hero versus villain or, you know, hero versus hero. I know it looked like the new Avengers were fighting it out with the all-new, all-different Avengers. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that happen. And, of course, this is going to affect Civil War. This is, like, the road to Civil War, I guess. I suppose so. And, I mean, shit, I guess that means i got to finally pick up uh, new Avengers where I've never been picking up new Avengers, but I'm going to have to now. Yeah, I'm going to have to do all the tie-ins. I'm not going to know what's going on. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna try and cover all the tie-ins is what I'm yeah. going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to make an attempt at it. Yeah. Uh, what else did we have going on this week that you read, Matt? Uh, I had Green Lantern issue 50. Oh, yes, yes. This is this big one. That's, that's funny. As I waited in stupid waiting rooms this week, I reread Sinestro Core War. That's how long I had to wait. Nice. Um, yeah, this was pretty cool issues. Parallax has arrived at earth and coast city and you sort of remembered his coast city how it got destroyed and everything uh he meets with hal and sees like hal's brother jim and you know because it's his family as well he's like kind of happy to see them alive and everything then him and hal get into a big fight and the weird thing is like hal says that coast city was destroyed like his coast city was destroyed in the new 52 uh-huh. but it, well but it was rebuilt right because everything that happened in the old 52 Green Lantern just got compressed into five years because those books yeah. always made money. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I, I tried to, like, sort of get my head around it. I'm thinking, yeah, I know, like, all the Green Lantern stuff is in continuity, kind of, but kind of not. And, yeah, I was kind of, like, working out, like, well, how did it get destroyed when Mongol was trapped in the Phantom Zone? And It's, it's just like everything with Batman. It's just like, look over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quick, look over there, yeah. Quick, stop paying such close attention to these things, because we sure didn't. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Hal uh, unlocks the full power of Krona's Gauntlet, and he can actually turn himself into a construct now. Oh. Uh, and then <laughs> Parallax leaves, you know, twiddling his mustache, and I'll be back with more power. <laughs> and I think he's going to go off to, like, kill Telos or something. <laughs> I'll get you. N- oh, yeah, that's right, because he shows up in that Telos book, doesn't he? Means I got to pick up Telos again. <laughs> God, yeah, I know, right? Just like fuck, I I can't believe that book is went on for as long as it did. It's still going. I know. It's still going. It's yeah. Who's reading? Like Catwoman. It's like Catwoman's on issue fifty this week. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, Catwoman you can't get rid of because it's a freaking uh, it's a freaking flagship book for better or worse. <laughs> and also, I guess because she's in Gotham, she has TV show protection, even though that's not really her as we know her. Yeah. Uh, another book I had this week, of course, was uh, Spider-Man number two with uh, Miles Morales. Oh. It's the finale or kind of like the end of his first mini arc and everything. You know, he joins with the Avengers and he defeats Blackheart and he does really good. The interesting thing about this issue and what I think had people talking a lot is what happened at the end because, uh, you know, Miles wins the fight. Uh, he gets recorded during the fight, and people see his costume kind of rip, and they can see his skin and realize, oh, wait, he's he's not white. He's a brown guy. Yep. We don't exactly know his race, and there's a, th- there's a woman on the internet making videos, and I know me and a bunch of other people were debating back and forth on who she could possibly be representative of on the actual internet. I think we came out to be that I- she— Hmm. I think I know. I think I know. <laughs> well, no, you see, in the end, we all agree. There's like, we don't actually think she's representative of anybody. We think uh, Bendis probably just grabbed a bunch of characteristics from everyone. But basically, she went on this whole thing about like, oh, I think it's so great that Spider-Man is black. Black Spider-Man is my favorite. Black Spider-Man forever. Only for Miles in the story to be like, hey, I didn't want to be known as Black Spider-Man. I just wanted to be known as Spider-Man. This this kind of hurts my feelings, actually. Stop, stop putting me in a box, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> which again is certainly just Bendis soapboxing himself and talking to the audience and going like, Hey fans, your hearts are in the right place. I'm happy you like miles and I'm stoked that you're stoked about him, but you don't help him by calling him the black Spider-Man and continually differentiating him by saying he's the black Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then Miles even takes it to the 10th level. He's like, you know what? The thing is, I'm not even 100% black. I'm half Hispanic. <laughs> and then to have his Hispanic grandmother, uh, his, his abuela, come in and be like, hey, you got to get your grades in order. <laughs> and I'm like, this is cool. This, this I'm sure, is Ben just drawing on his own life for this, and I like that, making the character yeah. more personal. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, uh... That was Spider-Man. Spider-Man continues to be cool. Bendis can still bring it, you know, not only just tell a cool story, but also, you know, kind of make us think at the same time, too, and I appreciate that. Well, let's hope he just doesn't leave. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't... Leave it in that place he likes to leave books. <laughs> I don't think Bendis would ever leave Miles. I think Miles is literally like a child to him, is what I think. Yeah, that's true. I think he cares more about Miles than he does just about anything else. Yep. That's that that's his baby. Uh what else did you have, Matt? Uh last book I had was Darth Vader issue seventeen. Oh yes, yes, yes. The Star uh, Wars I mean. Continuing this new show Turin war arc. Uh they, they this issue felt like Game of Thrones. Oh cool. Uh in the best way possible. There's like these he's on this planet, Darth Vader's on this planet, and there's like these all barons and they're like, Ah, we gotta kill the the queen because she you know hates us and we rule the cat we rule the planet even though she technically does we do all the work and everything uh so we got to kill her and yeah they send like ships and stuff after her and darth vader does his really cool thing where he he basically destroys a whole submarine a lava submarine full of people uh and then just like cuts holes in the side of it with his lightsaber so it sinks into the into the lava uh and those cyborg people that Emperor Palpatine was thinking about having as his apprentices are there, and um, yeah, they they <laughs> they're openly just saying like, "Look, Vader, we're gonna kill you." <laughs> so you know, you're, you're you're obsolete, you're old tech, and Vader's like, "Ah, power of the Force, whatnot." <laughs> it penetrates us, don't you know? <laughs> and um, one of the one and in classic like Sith bad guy dark side of the force fashion one of the um cyborgs comes to vader and says like can you teach me how to kill my brother <laughs> so, so i can like take his place at um palpatine's side and everything and vader's like no no and, then, and it just leaves and d d d don't you mean no <laughs> yeah and it just turns and leaves um and then the, uh one of the bounty hunters that he sent after afro comes to him with like this corpse and he, the, the, he tries to pull the wool over Vader's eyes by saying, "Yeah, this is Aphra. I just, I just had to use the, the a disintegrator on her because she was getting too handsy." <laughs> and he's like, oh, "Stop lying to me!" And then he just like crushes the guy's larynx. You, you, you got to wake up pretty early in the morning to pull a fast one on old Darth Vader. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty funny, but it's like, yeah, that's something that like a bounty hunter would do. I like to... this scum. <laughs> That's that's a quote from the movie, kids. Uh, but yeah, this is pretty cool comic. As I said, it was like Game of Thrones with like these two, like warring factions on this planet trying to fight for like who's in charge, who's the queen and king. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. Nice, nice. I guess you didn't read that new Power Rangers comic that came out this week, did you? Nor have you been keeping up with it. No, I haven't. I think you would really like this one. It's it's technically the first issue, not counting the zero issue. It opens up with Bulk and Skull making a video for their YouTube channel, their Power Rangers-themed YouTube <laughs> channel, where they basically get the reader up to date on everything that's happened in Power Rangers up until that point. That's cool. It's pretty that's fucking cool. amazing, and it's even better because they say that their Power Rangers channel has, uh, what is it, over 400,000 subscribers. Oh, that's awesome. And if you give $5 to their Patreon, you can listen to their exclusive Power Rangers podcast where they talk about their theories. <laughs> that's awesome. And I'm like, shit, I'd kick in five bucks to the Balkan Skull Patreon if I could. Uh, that's awesome. It gets that, that, that's something like what Balkan Skull would do nowadays as well. If they existed today, I know. And it hits me even more where I'm like, wait, you guys got 400,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube? No wonder you don't have to steal lunch money anymore. You monetize that just right. Get in with a good YouTube company. You'll be making ad revenue all over the place. <laughs> oh, dude, they're the, they're the number one Power Rangers. Did you hear Bulk and Skull were on an episode of Screen Junkies? <laughs> Man, Bulk and Skull. Then they were on SourceFed Nerd and all these other channels. They're blowing out Bulk and Skull. <laughs> 
they're all over the damn place. But yeah, it's 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 a really fun comic. If you're if you're a Power Rangers fan and you always ask like what if questions, this comic is filled with what if questions answered. That's awesome. I know the art looked really cool. It's so reminiscent of the show. It's amazing. Here's yeah. another bit. One of the monsters attacks Tommy at home, and I'm like, wait, what? They can do that? <laughs> <laughs> I thought they. Does he live in a quarry? <laughs> no, he lives in a house. <laughs> in a quarry. In a quarry. A house in a quarry. <laughs> also, also, the Rangers talk about their parents and their home lives too, and it's fucking surreal for like Zach to be like, "Oh, sorry, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Things have been rough at home." Whoa, oh, dude! God. <laughs> dude, home lies. Holy shit! I didn't know you guys had that. What? What characterizations? I know, right? Holy shit! And Bulk and Skull getting mad at Ernie because, like, why do you always give those guys free juice, but you always make us pay? <laughs> That's great. It's so true. And he says they even give a reason where he's like, "Hey, you know, they're always giving back to the community with recycling drives and raffles and everything. You know, that's my <laughs> that's my way of giving back to them. But the only thing you guys do is spend a bunch of time to to ask why they get free drinks and you don't. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, that would bug me too. Why are they your favorite, Ernie? Why do they get free juice and we don't? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and friggin' and friggin' uh, Kimberly asks uh, Tommy if he wants to go get some coffee, and he's like, "Oh, really? You mean you drink stuff besides juice?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, that's right. They never did drink anything besides juice in that show." <laughs> uh, that's great. It's an entire juice-based uh, economy, <laughs> all based around the juice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, everyone. I guess uh, I got an early start tomorrow, and I'm sure Matt has stuff to do. So, I guess. We'll bring this uncharacteristically short episode of the comic multiverse to an end. I think this is one of the few times we haven't almost touched two hours. Yeah, last last week's show was so long, which is weird because we had so much more news this week. I know it's. Uh, I don't know why. How did this happen? Having more news and reading most of the same comics ended up having a shorter show. What the fuck? <laughs> I thought that would be the other way around. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so any parting thoughts, Matt, before we uh, wind it down? Uh, not really. Go come check out my channel, Fortress of Solitude. Uh, I haven't been uploading many videos this week because I've been real busy, but next week's going to be full back on videos almost every day. Yeah. Right on. Uh, if people want to see something fun and interesting I did on the channel, I uh, released a new episode of Caped Kitchen. That's my cooking show now. I made Aquaman's Atlantic sa or Atlantis Salmon Dip. Nice. Which is a real recipe that I make. I was really proud of how that one turned out, so everyone go look at that one. I uh, I think you'll like this, Matt, because if my shit from 80s tea comes in, I plan to do a Superman-themed one, too. Cool. That's it. That's if my shit comes in. I actually, I'm always singing the praises of 80s tea, but I actually just looked just recently for some of the new shit I ordered. Uh, I, I There was an sh extra shipping and handling fee that I have to go pay before they'll, re they'll release it. Oh, uh, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's bullshit. I'm a little, and I was going to do a whole video singing their praises again and be like, man, look how cool <laughs> this is and everything. And I got, if you know, if you want to go check it out, check it out here. And here's a link. But now I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> now I don't know. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> So that'll do it, everyone, for another episode of the Comic Multiverse. As always, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, favorite, and do all that other social network jazz. Check Matt out. Uh, I'm sure he will link you in the description if you ask him to. And if not, uh, go to the Friends of the Channel thing on Cape Joel. He's uh, he's number one now. I put him at top. Oh, you're number one on mine as well. Aw, see? Because you got to take care. If you learn nothing else in this dirty internet podcasting game, always take care of your co-host, if no one else. <laughs> you always got to have your co-host back. It's like in jail with your cellmate. You got to have your cellies back. You got to have your co-host back. <laughs> uh, so thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you again.